Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to part two of our Octopussy 40th Anniversary Celebrations. And we start with Chris Eels, Jonathan Payne and Richard Dobbs Grove. Now, if I can start with you, John, what is it makes this your favourite James Bond film? Oh, my favourite James Bond. That's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, though? When I was about 10, this probably was my favourite Bond film of the time. There's just so much to love for a 10-year-old, I think, in this movie from beginning to end, honestly. So, as I said, it was probably my favourite when I was growing up. I watched them all with my dad. He was pretty obsessed with them. Yeah, this one was just a real fave for loads of reasons, from the women to the camp to the... to Oh my God, that opening. I mean, the opening is both absolutely hilarious and ridiculous, but knows it 100%, which, you know, I feel like you could really judge the rest of the film like that, to be honest, you know, (laughs) equal measures. It's certainly still up there. There's still bits I absolutely... 100% love. I jumped on you with that as your favourite James Bond film, and it's possibly not. (laughs) Rich, where does this film land for you? It's pretty high up there. I think, like John said, there's so many recognisable kind of Bond key themes, almost all in this opening sequence, actually. You know, from the action-packed opener to the disguises, gadgets, explosions, it's kind of got it all. And I remember kind of not really remembering this as sitting down and watching this film, but bits from it at moments. So hot air balloons, clowns, kind of key little scenes that, that I'm like, oh, it's in this one. And it wasn't until really like lockdown recently where I watched all the Bonds in order from start to finish that really paid attention ah okay all the things that I sort of remember from the Rog era were pretty much in this one so it was kind of um oh this is the one where this happens and this happens like like John said it's kind of got it all if we dive straight into it the pre-title sequence let's get into it well first of all Rog and his Roger and his flares. Can we talk about that for, for a moment? <laughs> you want to go for the gun barrel? <laughs> I mean, that moment of him strutting across the screen, you're like, this is cool. There's wide trousers. Just to be a complete geek, I think that is the same gun barrel that they've used for multiple films. 
that may have come from the spy who loved me which is proper late 70s big flares okay. and they just never shot another one but if it works it works you know yeah it, it looks great doing it keep that Hence that outfit the pre-title sequence oh so yeah, cuba cuba by uh l3 <laughs> by america you know you better both who knows where? Let's put out a few, palm, out trees a few palm trees and someone vaguely looking like Fidel Castro. I'm assuming it's Fidel Castro. I'm assuming that's what the gag is as well. Um, and yeah, it's fun. I'm not entirely sure what he's there to do. I don't really care. He's there to blow something up that's booping and beeping. Great. <laughs> Love it. But yeah, the, the stunt double coming in as, uh, oh, you're El Toro too. Great. Great stuff. Well, it's a small world. You're a Toro too. Love it. The, the really fake mustache. Hilarious. Uh, fooling that hardly Mission Impossible mask reveal, but you know, we'll we'll go with it. It's fine. They um, were on a budget. It was the eighties. Absolutely. Just, just in those first few moments, you get bond in his sort of horse racing outfit weekend wear into a military change infiltrating oh. this base kind of not getting rid of the the person you're meant to be impersonating beforehand so he's like oh yeah <laughs> his buddy comes out of a room it's like they just had a meeting with toro and he's like he was just back in that room and he's here like it just seems like yeah they didn't get rid of the, the person that they're impersonating but yeah straight away costume changes gadgets bombs and good beeping gadgets there's a healthy mm. amount of 80s Booping and beeping. Tech with big buttons and big lights. Absolutely. Big buttons, big light. Uh, yeah, I, I don't need to know what it does. It doesn't matter. It's, you know, he's there to blow it up. Who cares? <laughs> it's just catching up with Bond, though. He's on a mission. You don't really need to know what it's about, but he's out. He's doing his spy stuff. You're coming in on something already underway. And you're like, and, and you're in. And then gets caught. And then gets caught. And he's he's being taken on a big truck and he needs to get out of, a, out of a jam. Yeah. So along comes our friend in the convertible Range Rover showing a bit of leg. I don't want to know how old she is. <laughs> and Roger's a bit like, oh, yeah, oh, take, a, take a look at this. Take a look at this. To his guards, which... <laughs> but it's a good stunt. Not look like, they, don't, they don't look very Cuban, I must say. One of them looked like Eddie Marsden. You know, it was literally bloke down the pub. He was given a nod and a wink to. But yeah, great way of getting out of it. Classic Bond. Yeah, pull the parachutes and they're away. Uh, you know, so jauntily going past the driver... He's in the other car. He's like, oh, hey. <laughs> and then guns down and the wheels. And then we get the horse's ass. Yeah, with comedy sound effects. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what was going to come out of that? You would never guess. <laughs> you, this is the thing. I don't remember the first time I saw it and the surprise, but just that thing of there is a mini jet in that little horse box and then just flying away and seeing Rog sort of cramped up inside of it. That feeling of... Oh my god, what's gonna happen? And then whoosh, and he's away. <laughs> but it still looks really cool. The fact they got they got a little jet, I believe, right? Oh yeah, that thing looks it's Paper real. America. Uh, it's really, really great. And they shoot it with a homing rocket. Yeah, you know, there's some dodgy back screen projection whilst he's in the cockpit of the roaming rocket behind him yeah he flies about 50 miles away but then he's back at the base and the when he's at the base that explosion when the hangar blows up is one of the best that i've ever seen i think oh it's so good it's so good. Yeah, the plane, the plane going in, and obviously, you know, you can see the little rod of the plane <laughs> moving through it as it goes through it. But 
Oh my, I remember when I was, yeah, when I was young watching this for the first time, I thought it was absolutely mind-blowing, stunning, really good. Yeah. And it's of that time where they filmed the explosion, but then like slightly different angle, slightly before the explosion. So you kind of get the boom, 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 several different versions of the explosion just to really get their money's worth. And you do, you want to see that scale and, and scope of what they you know, we're destroying. Looks great. It's terrific. And then does he fly to America or is it still in Cuba that he runs out of fuel? Because why would he take off in this jet that's practically out of gas? I know. I, I guess he flew to America and then ran out of gas, yeah. I guess. It's, it's uh, a lead in for a funny line the into the opening titles. Which yeah. I read. I don't know how true this is, but I read that they'd initially cut the funny line and then initial test audiences reacted really well to it. Or, uh, or it was in the trailer or something. And then, yeah, he decided mm. to keep it. But I, I don't know. If he didn't have it, it would it would feel a really odd place to end it, I guess. Or maybe you just end it with the explosion and him zooming off. But know? it needs a comedy Roger mm. classic. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a Roger era opening, would it, really? So Yeah. And then yeah. that opening with that line just has then everything you expect from Roger. You know exactly what you're going to get from it. You get the comedy, you've got the action, the spy stuff. It's like, right, this is, you know, the journey that you're signing up for. And it kind of all delivers, I think, in that opening. Fill her up, please. So overall, is it a hit? Is it a, a miss? Is it a, mm, where does it rank, I guess, in the Bond films? You go first, Chris. Where does it, where does it rank for you? I mean, for me, it is way up there. I've made it quite clear in the past that this is one of my top three Bond films. There's that sorter app where you can fill in, do I like this film? Do I like that film? Do I like this one? Do I like that one? And then at the end, it tells you, all right, because of your selections, this is your top films. And I've done it twice over the course of a couple of years. And each time Octopussy has ended up in either number one or number two spot. It's terrific. I think it's great. It delivers the action, the laughs there's certainly more than enough plot maybe too much plot <laughs> to go through yeah it's absolutely great absolutely great i know it has some difficult points there are many a uh, cultural issue to go with it but yeah it's terrific yeah i think i agree on the whole as i said this was a childhood favorite and while it's probably not my absolute favorite it's certainly my favorite of the rog era i think uh still yes it has some very problematic moments outside of those moments i think it has some of the best bond elements you know some great actors chewing scenery it has some women with some great agency for the for the time especially Octopus is great as a character. I really enjoy her. And yeah, I, I really enjoy the villains. I think the plot for the villain, yeah, it's, it is it is a bit convoluted. Um, but I, I enjoy each element of the plot in isolation as well, I think. It's a bit long, uh, won't lie. But yeah, on the whole, I still, there's a lot to love. And the, yeah, the practical stunt work is just, it's just great. It's just phenomenal. Some of the best I've seen in a long time and really holds up to the extent, of, you know, that obviously some of the other elements don't. It's, uh, it's still up there for me, for sure. Yeah, likewise. I mean, for me, it's it's one of my favourite Roger Moore bonds, definitely. As I said at the beginning, it's it's got everything in that opening 20 minutes 
for what you can expect from a good spy thriller. You know, gadgets, explosions, costume changes. We're in East Berlin. There's there's lots going on. But I also like this one, although it is quite long, it does have those quieter moments, those quieter story moments where you get a bit of a backstory of, of Octopussy and you have a moment where Kamal Khan is sort of introducing himself and like you say every word coming out of his mouth has danger attached to it so these characters don't feel throwaway they feel fully embodied by this cast you've got some slightly hamper over-the-top characters in the Russians but again they're still you, you totally believe those characters I think the first 20 minutes, I could just watch that and feel like I've seen a good moment of Bond. But by that point, you're in and you're at the races. You know, you're, you'll start it, but you'll definitely finish it. Yes, definitely some problematic moments, which were from a different time, um, which you can't ignore. But it's full of action and that literally ticking clock all the way to the end, I think, makes this one one of the best. Great. So I think unanimously a hit. Thumbs up, definitely. Thumbs up all round. Excellent. Definitely, definitely. Next up, sharing his love for octopusy was Nikolai Quack. Octopussy. Octopussy. Greetings to the Really 007, guys. I love you. It's incredible. I love octopussy. For so many reasons, honestly. It's like it's Roger Moore at the height of his confidence in terms of his performance as Bond. I would argue that Octopussy may be his most confident performance. I mean, that scene where he interrogates General Orloff is so incredible. And the way he just straight up shoots East German soldier in the head right afterwards, it's actually really brutal. And that, that's something that gets lost in translation with Octopussy with some fans, I feel. For so many decades, you know, uh, movie reviewers and critics and even a large, a large amount of fans have just been like, oh, it's the one with the clown. It's the silly one. It's got like the Tarzan yell. And it does have all of that. Although I will defend the clown scene until I die. It's a very suspenseful, really dramatic scene where Bond is at a disadvantage because he's got on a silly costume, which makes the scene more suspenseful because no one's believing him that there's a bomb in there. And that's one of the best elements of Octopussy is that the entire Cold War plot of this um, exiled Afghan prince, Kamal Khan, who is a super underrated villain as well. He's got so many great lines um <laughs> mr bond is indeed a very rare breed soon to be made extinct the way he pronounces octopussy <laughs> he takes such pleasure in it it's just fucking brilliant octopussy has got a great pair of villains because next to kamal khan and his sort of suave delightfully slimy swagger we've got general orloff who is just, ah, so insane. I love him so much. Steven Burkov is amazing. As General Orloff, he really fights against the timid, outdated, and unrealistic Cold War politics that General Gogol stands for. He's the exact opposite in every way. And I absolutely adore him for that. Not to mention VJ, one of our favorite allies. I know he's one of your guys' favorite. 
He's fantastic. So likable. Such a sad death scene. The one and only appearance of Miss Penelope Smallbone, which is almost kind of sad to a degree that they never ended up doing anything more with that actress. But of course, Money Penny is still the OG MI6 secretary. Aside from all of that, you've got a fantastic score. All time high is an underrated song, I would say. And also, it's just so gorgeous in its instrumental version, really. I mean, it's, ah, oh, I could listen to that forever. So romantic sounding. And then, of course, we've got John Glenn at the helm as the director. And no one does stunts and action in terms of how it's edited, how it's filmed, like John Glenn. Maybe the most underrated action director of the 1980s. What he does in Octopussy in terms of the tuk-tuk chase, the opening with the Acrostar plane sequence, which is amazing. Such a good Bond opening sequence. And one of the very few Bond uh, pre-title sequences that uh, have absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the plot. It's amazingly filmed uh, and edited and put together. The stunt work is crazy. I love the final battle at the, at the uh, Monsoon Palace. It's amazing to see all of these gymnastic performers fighting with Kamal Khan's men. And the, the chase scene, ah, the chase scene where Bond races after the airplane with with the horse and he gets on the airplane it's ah it's i mean tom cruise eat your heart out honestly i mean this was done in 1983 and it was done with stunt performers this was done with professionals look i love tom cruise doing his own stunts but let's be honest it does take a little bit something away from professional stunt performers in so in a way And nobody was able to highlight the stuntman in the action scenes better than John Glenn in the 80s Bond films. So, love Octopussy. It's a fantastic movie. It's got brilliant locations, great action, fantastic score. Roger Moore at, at his height as James Bond. It's got a fantastic pair of main villains and fantastic henchmen. Gobinda is awesome. Buzz saw Yo-Yo guy, fantastic, so memorable, despite him never even uttering a word. The twins, the circus twins, the knife-throwing twins, fantastic. The opening with 00, was it 008 or 009, who dies in the clown costume in the beginning. Anyway, brilliant, incredibly creepy and scary whenever I was watching it as like a preteen sort of teenager. Amazing opening, so much mystery. I, I love it. It's a, it's a genius Cold War spy thriller with some real random silliness that you can enjoy and that you can maybe cringe to at some points, but that never overtakes the movie at all. It's a fun ride all the way through, and I love it. These planes we use, the BD jets, uh, they were built for a previous... Well, when Moonraker was supposed to have been made many films before that, um, it was um, there was supposed to be a big aerial sequence and what have you. And uh, Peter Lamont uh, had built these three three mock-ups of the BD jet. 
Um, so they were actually there in storage at Pinewood. So he said to me, I've got these planes, he said, I built at great expense. He said, can't you use them for something? And that's when I wrote that sequence for the, mainly the, for financial reasons. We had these three BD jets. So we, we got uh, the chap over the, from the States that flew the, 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 what he used to do circus stuff with this plane. And uh, he showed me a commercial that he'd shot for um, a Japanese tobacco company, I think it was. And uh, it, it showed him flying the speedy jet through an empty hangar. And it was gone in a flash. You know, you can imagine he's doing 300 miles an hour. And he, and he goes through this hangar so fast. You are, what that, was it? Did I see that or didn't I? Sort of <laughs> Just so bad. <laughs> Undramatic. But... Uh, that they matted, very badly matted, some doors closing as, as the thing came in, you know? So it was a, trying to make out it was a near escape. And that's what gave me the idea to use the, the doors closing in, in the scene we shot for Octopussy. So it's, it's strange how these things evolve when you're working things out. And it was a, one of the best, I think, one of the best pre-title scenes, oh, certainly yeah. the most yeah. exciting. Yeah, um, you, gave, you gave us a glut of riches with the pre-title sequences, though, John. There's some amazing ones. Yeah, yeah. they were fun. And sometimes, they, like Octopus, they had nothing to do with their film at all. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the ideal... It, it, like a second feature. You know, yeah. they used to have second features years ago. Yeah. Uh, you were too young, but... Uh, <laughs> Instead of a second feature, we'd, we'd do our own second feature and, and call it a pre-title sequence. I always used to feel like it was um, the final scene of the previous mission. You know, the mission yeah. is just finishing yeah. off before the mission yeah. of the movie. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, that would have been a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most dangerous thing about it was John Richardson, the special effects man, uh, was driving the an old jag that we bought and we cut the top of it off and we put a pole arm in the middle and john was driving this jag this old jag and through the hangar and we we covered the the, the car and the the pod the the pole arm with lots of people running about in the foreground you see so you did you, you know you disguise that and um for you know briefly two or three seconds at the most and then um, the, the most dangerous thing was when he drove out of the hangar, the linkage to the accelerator broke and it suddenly went flat out. And he was now driving this, this contraption with an aeroplane on the top, <laughs> driving it around with parked aircraft that belonged to the RAF and narrowly <laughs> missing them. That was a, quite a happy moment. <laughs> I did take off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even just then, I was watching it very much with his words in my mind about how the plane was carried on, the, on an old, I think it was an old Mercedes. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, mm. And you, you, you really have to stare to see it, even when you know there's a pole holding the plane. It's so brilliantly directed, uh, that yeah. scene. It's fantastic. And the model work as well with the, the explosion. I was staring at it thinking, how can that be a model? Because mm. the, the, everything around it looks so real and big and to scale. <laughs> yeah, it's stunning. Incredible. I just wanted to say to really 007 podcast, my name's John Richardson. I've done a few effects in my life. Listen to the podcast and enjoy it. There were a couple of films, a couple of the Bond films that, you know, I'm most proud of. One um, was Octopussy. We did foreground miniatures where we would 
put miniature sets in front of the real set and use the reality of the background mm -hmm. in conjunction with the model and people could never see the the joins they never realized that when the plane flies into the hangar on octopussy it was a model plane flying behind a model door but it was in front of a real hangar mm -hmm. with real actors and stuntmen and people the plane going through the hangar i think it's one of like one of the it's certainly one of the greatest bond pre-title sequences isn't it and that stunt is just yeah. like I mean, say, the, the effects to hear the stories about it is amazing i mean yeah we'd love to hear it because it's just so much imagination i mean it's our childhood it's our childhood this there's no like <laughs> cgi tricks this is happening and it's it brings you so much more into the action because it's so realistic. One thing that we worked out very quickly was the speed that Corky's plane would be flying and the length of the hangar, it would be in and out in less than a second. Well, that's not very exciting screen time. <laughs> I came up with this wild idea that we'd get an old Jaguar car, cut the roof off, weld a pole arm into the chassis in the middle put a gimbal on the top of it with a full-size bd jet on it that could bank and move mm -hmm. and then paint the car and the pole camouflage colors and i'd drive it through the hangar at 75 miles an hour which gave us much longer screen time mm -hmm. um you got actors and stuntmen running backwards and forwards um carefully positioned cameras so you didn't see the me in the jaguar um and and i drove through it i say 75 miles an hour i did it about five or six times um and the stuntmen would be closing the doors at the far end up to a predetermined mm -hmm. spot yeah so that as the plane banked it just squeezed through the gap well the gap, I think, gave me about four inches either side of the Jaguar um, at that speed. It was um, it was an interesting ride. Um, <laughs> bit hairy. The, the last take, in fact, the I got out through the the doors at the far end, and the throttle had jammed open on the car, and. Um, it took me a second to realize why I couldn't slow the wretched thing down. And um, I ended up, of course, turning off the ignition. That in turn turned off the power steering. Um, there's one of Her Majesty's planes parked on the far side of the grass. And I took to the grass heading towards it, ended up spinning the car to try and slow it down. But, you know, they're all sort of fun things and moments that you get doing a bond. And, you know, it's it's every schoolboy's dream to get to play with the toys that yeah. um, we got to play with. Everything you see is real, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's not mm. like, OK, the close-ups of Roger are great, but everything else, the non-close-ups, are all people hanging on a plane, hanging off the side of a train, I don't know. Do even the even the circus stuff? Oh, that's real, isn't it? Yep, you know, knife throwing. It's a credit to John Glenn and and uh, that generation of filmmaker to look at the words on the page, 
Yeah. And, and when going to do location recce and stuff of that nature and say, right, this is what I want, right? I'd like this for somebody to then go and say, right, get me some shots, get me mm. some footage. Let yeah. me have a look at the idea or that idea of putting money on the, on the screen. Well, it's there. You've just in the yeah, opening yeah. sequence mm. alone, you can see where the money's been spent. It's magnificent. There can't have been any debate when the trailers came out for like Octopussy. <laughs> if you just saw some guy on a train running on top of a train, guy on a mm. hanging off a plane, mm. how can you, I mean, everyone must've been like, this is, I, I can't wait to see this. The um, I remember the news footage is from the time, news clips from the time, or trailer bits and pieces from the time, and that the, those sequences were always in there. We'd seen train stuff before, you know, never like that. You'd never seen yeah. that before on a train mm. thing. We'd seen plane things before, not quite like that. That was just lunacy. We'd never seen that mm. at all, you know. The whole idea that that could be pulled off for real was just remarkable. I don't think people talk about the stunts in this very no. much certainly not enough because there's some amazing amazing st things in this set pieces in this uh in this film you know you've got the incredible opening at the tuk-tuk chase in india yeah, which real. again it feels real they're there you can see you know they, they look they look like you know it's a as though they just rocked up to you know to that street on that day and they had a few actors in tuk-tuks and then they filmed what happened you know what i mean it's not i don't know yeah, how on earth you control that let me just chip in briefly because they're on the tuk tuks now. Oh, right. Oh, on my wow. life view of it. You carry on. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but it just feels so, so real. Well, the tennis uh, references your idea in in that action scene in the chase. Oh, I had, uh, yeah, it was my idea. I, we had to use it. I had to use it as a gag. I mean, anyone <laughs> is. Love it. We so, love it. <laughs> yeah, during the chase in in. in Udo Paul, uh, he he was swatting them off with his tennis racket. <laughs> <laughs> and when the crowd looked from side to side, you know, like that. <laughs> yes. there you go. Um, yeah. John, uh, we used to try and, you know, obviously with humour was a very important part yeah. of my films. Yeah. Some people would say it was too much humour. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <but>, oh, <laughs> brilliant. Then the train, as we've been talking about, and the amazing shot, I think, John, you were talking about it before, where, you know, a, a film these days would be heralded for this, where Bond's running on top of the train and Gabinda's yeah. running below it, and you can yes. see them both at the same time. Mm. It's absolutely it's absolutely brilliant. And, you know, death-defying stunts on the train. And then, and then we have the big, you know, action set piece at the end back in India, and you've got, someone riding a horse onto a plane and then it hanging off a plane. It's just absolutely astonishing. I don't think it gets anywhere near enough uh, praise for for the quality and the, you know, the tension that those stunts and the urgency and the you know the immediacy of the danger that 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 doing those stunts for real brings. I've had the good fortune to know Rocky Taylor for some years, and he doubled Roger in India uh, on Octopussy. And, mm. and uh, when he said to, he got a phone call from Bob Simmons who said. You know, why don't you come and work on the bond? And he said, "Okay, well, what are we doing this time, Bob?" And Bob says, 
balls to the walls rope <laughs> and they absolutely threw the kitchen sink at it if you compare it with for eyes only john orty from behind the stunts interviewed paul weston on the stage at the prince charles cinema about his work on octopussy one time we'd done all the stuff on octopussy running over the top of the train diving over pipes under bridges and we sort of got him into the studios and got him on top of the train and we uh, did all the close-ups and and whatever and then there was one time we had to they brought the whole train i mean a big coach from peterborough into the studios so that he could climb up and get on top and he sat there in his <laughs> in his deck chair and john glenn said to him okay uh this uh paul will show you what you what you've got to do i was d- d- dressed like him anyway i was doubling him so um he said, okay, and so I climbed up and got onto the top of the train, and uh, Roger said, uh, John, do you, do you want me to look down uh, at the camera? He said, no, 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 just climb straight up. He said, well, Paul can do that. <laughs> and I did it in the studio. <laughs> it's just... The bit where Bond is driving on the train track. Yeah. Well, we had a car on the train track, which I could <laughs> show Roger how to drive. Not that there was much involved in driving, but I, I found the first time you did it and you're coming up to a set of points, you, you desperately wanted to turn the steering wheel. <laughs> um, and of course, that's the last thing you needed to do. Um, but Roger was great. I mean, he, he sat in it and drove it and he was quite happy with it. We had, had a lot of fun with that. And obviously, when the on, on you know, the, the train coming from the other the car and it goes and nearly kills those two people in the, <laughs> yeah. for real in that boat it's just unbelievable <laughs> and the and the car chase with the with the alpha you know the, the, yeah. the you get a yeah, great yeah. car That's chase true, yeah. with the police cars but it's also it's all again it's still driven by plot it's like you know bonds kicked off the train he's got to yeah. get back got to get to the get get to the uh, you know the air base in time it's just a ticking clock it's just is a fantastic film it's yeah. a lesson in filmmaking oh. isn't it 2 hours 10 minutes mm-hmm. how on earth does he get all this in Packed and lot. have loads of action as well you mentioned that some of the stunts get forgotten and actually it strikes me i think octopussy is the roger moore film that just gets overlooked generally they've all yeah. mm-hmm. live and let die that's his first one the man with the golden gun is the one that everyone says is, is rubbish they're wrong they say it's rubbish um then <laughs> it's you've iconic, got though. yeah you've got the spy who loved me which is seen as the definitive roger moore mm-hmm. on film and, and a film that shaped bond for many years to come you've got moonraker which everyone says is the silly one mm. uh, you've got for your eyes only that's the serious one You've got mm. Octopussy, uh, I don't know what that one is, because then you've got a few to kill where, where, he, where he's too old. That, that's yeah. The kind yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. They've all got their place, but Octopussy yeah. doesn't really have yeah. a place, and yet True. it's actually surely one of the best Bond films. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Is it the title of it, maybe? I don't know. And Yeah, I mean, maybe because, it came, maybe because it came out against Never Say Never Again, but I can't think after all these years that would have an effect, and it, it did pretty good box office. I just yeah, don't, yeah. I don't know, but I feel like, had it been Roger's last, as you know, at one time it looked like it might be. I think it would probably would be remembered more because it's Roger's mm. last. Yeah, he then did another. It it just feels like it, it, well, for the reasons I gave, they've all got their mm. their standout thing in the fandom of what they are as a Bond film. As Octopus, he doesn't really have a thing, does it? Yeah, it's got everything. That's what. <laughs> it's got everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
Hey, my name's Owen. I live here in the UK. I'm 38 years of age. Um, so, born in 84, one year after Octopussy was released. Uh, but I'm living proof that it doesn't really matter if you weren't around when the movie was released or if you're a bit younger than the movie itself. That, you know, it's still as relevant today as it ever was. Um, the movie's great. The balance was struck between the plot being pretty strong and not too unrealistic or silly like Moonraker and um, and entertainment value was fantastic so you had VJ the old tennis player uh, in there doing a cameo uh, you had some great actors so the villain was fantastic Kamal Khan Louis Jordan or um, the lead Bond girl Maud Adams fantastic um, she was really strong in it but also gorgeous same as Christina Wayborn so of crushes on those girls to this day um, and Roger Moore of course don't, let's not forget Bond himself um, he played this one really well um, one of his strongest for me maybe not as uh, his strongest Bond maybe that was live and let die but um, but yeah I love this and everything about it was great the soundtrack also by John Barry guess without saying I mean all of his all of his scores were fantastic but the one for Octopussy uh, for every scene seemed so powerful so relevant like the way that struck a chord literally um, with what was going on and the way that the music was presented um, so yeah Octopussy is one of those movies that I always kind of go back and pick out the box set uh, in favour of um, some of the others so yeah, it's one that I've also been introducing to my kids in due course. They're only four years old and eight months, eight months old at the moment. So uh, in due course, but just as I was brought up with Bond with my family um, and watched into my teens and adulthood, I'm sure they will too, and keep the Bond um, theme alive really and keep fanhood going and live and active. But. Um, yeah, Octopussy is definitely one you should watch if you haven't seen it already. Um, so go out there and watch it, stream it, buy it on Blu-ray and DVD, which is what I do to miss the commercials. But yeah, love it. And um, cheers for your post, guys. I love your content. Uh, see ya. We'll move on to like Octopussy and Magda, I think, who are introduced quite differently. Magda is introduced as the sort of... I don't, I don't think you ever think she's going to be the main Bond girl, but she's got a lot of screen time. In that first 45 minutes or so, she has a meal, of course, with Bond. She has the, you know, the bedroom scene. Good morning. Morning. I didn't want to wake you, but since you're up, we can say a proper goodbye. What is the time? Beautiful view, isn't it? I don't know how to say goodbye. Actions speak louder than words. You're so right. One of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life, the how she flows out of the window. I think that's, <laughs> that's if that was like one of the heralded directors of our time, I mean it's just the shots of that and of course the fact is brilliant, isn't it? That she leaves the, the bedroom window in Pinewood and 
lands in India. Lands in India. Yeah, it's great, <laughs> isn't it? You'd think from that performance, well, from both of them, these would be two really big actresses, I think. Because I, I think they're genuinely good acting. And Magda is, I don't know, sometimes she's never sort of seen as the Stacey Sutton or the BB or a silly kind of Bond girl, but I've never really heard anyone say, I really liked her character. She was quite intriguing. I don't, I don't know. Again, like the film, she's kind of got everything, so she just gets forgotten. Yeah. She, she was she was the, the, the gangster's mole, really, in, in that respect of, you know, those opening moments. She's always with Kamal Khan. Mm. You know, she yes. comes in mm. the auction, Bond goes over and sees her and blah, 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 and then off to India, and the, she, her job is to get the egg back. And, you know, so she's there as a as a tool being operated by Kamal for the for the purpose of the plot evidently looking at the script presumably they thought there's no real female input here for quite some time we need to have an additional figure which is why octopus he doesn't arrive till much later on in the story mm. to charge the dinner to room whatever it was and you know i knew the price of eggs was going up but i thought isn't that a bit steep but <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a nice little setup. Yeah, that the, the she is an additional character brought in maybe to to just carry the whole thing forward until Octopus he mm. turns up. But um, she's always remembered for that role. I mean, she's done a whole bunch of other bits and pieces, lots of television work and uh, and some other bits. But she's she's always remembered for that. Yeah. Yeah, and Maud, she... was, Maud was very was very busy leading up to that as well. Rollerball, she was in that, wasn't she? And uh, a couple of other fairly big noted pictures. And of course, she'd done she'd done uh, Man with the Golden Gun before. So it's always struck me very odd. Millions <laughs> of actresses the world over. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. She was the same one. She said this the other night, night, didn't she? <laughs> yeah. It, well, it works, doesn't it? It's a different character. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Oh, she. She's so good. Yeah, just on Magda, she's quite strange, really, because, like you say, she's in it a lot to start with, and it seems like she is Kamal's, I don't know, kept <laughs> woman. But, but then after, after, from about halfway through, she's she's sort of Octopus's right-hand woman. or Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, she's not jealous, is she? And no, no, she's or. not. And, and, you know, there is quite a bit of romance in their scenes, Bond and Magda's <laughs> yeah. scenes. Yeah. And you know, in in other films, there is that with you know with with Rogers uh, Bond. You know, if you think back to Miss Anders, she dies. Um, Moonraker, Liesel. there's Corinne, she dies. Yeah, yeah. and then Liesel in the previous one, she dies. And there there is you know the the previous, not yeah. the main Bond girl, but the sort of secondary Bond girl who usually, you know, dies, and that's why they're not in it. But not with Magda. Yeah, so it, it is it is quite unusual, and she is in it quite a bit but again mm -hmm. yeah she just seems to be forgotten a bit has she got maybe nearly as much screen time as octopus about it yeah maybe <laughs> yeah quite possibly but the one that i had this massive crush on was christina wayborn oh yeah and christina was beautiful and and you know but and and standing near her was it just get a photo done and just being around having a quick chat and whatever it, it was lovely i mean i'll talk a little bit about the 43 union yes yeah, so you were there the, the, the highlight for me, I mean, has been meeting Christina again um, and telling her I had a crush on her. <laughs> and her, just she and I just literally hit it off. A couple of the Bond girls there. So there was Safira there. There was Helene. There was Alison there. So they were there. But of course, for me, it was Christina. So Christina and I literally hit it off. And um, she did, I, 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 you know, I don't say this lightly, but when she left, she was, she said, this was the best. And she goes, you know what? I really enjoyed it because we just got on and you made this so much fun. Maud Adams is a funny one for me because uh, when I was a youngster watching these films, in, in the looks stakes, which I know, in the looks stakes, 
she didn't do anything for me. And then I think <laughs> I hit 40 and all of a sudden he was like, wow, more dad. <laughs> Tom, you've just reached the magic 40 milestone. Yeah, so yeah. I, you should, I'm expecting you to next time you set eyes on her to be like, whoa, I didn't realize <laughs> that. Well, our dad, it was always, I remember we asked him, what's, what's your favorite Bond film, dad? And I remember once he said, it could be Octopussy. And mum just went, oh, it's just because you fancy more Adams, that's why. There you go. <laughs> and, it was, it, <laughs> and it was like, well, no, no, I like the Indian setting. And I like, you know, the sort of, but, ending, yeah. yeah, she, it, it's ridiculous to say she's mature because she's, she's only in her 30s, isn't she, I think, in the film. It's not, <laughs> it's not. Like but it seems, it yeah, seems an age appropriate. It and does, yeah. For her character, her character is mature and not, yeah. you know, I don't know, you know, she has a lot of agency and, and everything. So it works really well and you can, uh, it's, it's quite funny because when they've only just sort of met properly, but when Kamal oh, comes in, yeah, her and Bond are sort of stood next to each other <laughs> having a drink and they look like a couple. Bond has escaped. How careless of you. I apologize. Oh, by the way, Kamal, I'd like you to meet my new house guest. Uh, an old friend of the family, you might say. How lovely. You have a nasty habit of surviving. Well, you know what they say about the fittest? Oh, the pussy. I would enjoy another opportunity to take care of Mr. Bond personally. I will take care of Mr. Bond myself. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Good day. And enjoy yourselves. You know they've they, they've got that you know that tremendous chemistry and everything. Mm. Yeah, it's it really works. She never needs Bond, does she? You know, I know she. Some might, some might say he forces himself on her, but she's in control of that. She is. And I do, I do think she's one of the stronger characters for that. And it's a fairly, it's a fairly pro-women film, you could say, isn't it? Isn't it? Mm. You know, like the, the Magda doesn't die. Octopussy is a very, very powerful woman who's really in control of Kamal Khan and she confronts him at the end. Yes, okay, she gets captured, but, you know, there is good yeah, but and him there. You know. Octopus's agents, female agents, or whatever you want to call yeah. them, they they overpower um, Everybody, yeah. palace and everything. They they mm. take over yeah. before Octopus does get taken, but they've they've secured the building, not Bond. Bond so does yeah, a bit, yeah. but he's only going after her. Yeah, which shows this film was was quite pro, um, you know, yeah. quite modern thinking, really, or quite yeah. ahead of its mm. time. It wasn't ageist. 
No, it wasn't ages. But but also strong female characters. Yeah. This film's full of strong female characters. I've just had to pull over because I've been asked to give some thoughts on Octopussy on its 40th anniversary. Um, this one is just like I can't I can't eulogise enough, and I couldn't wait to pull over and get this sorted and have a chat about this because that right. So context. Octopussy, 1983, Rob Parker, 1983. So we're both of the same precise vintage. Uh, and it just has been with me all my life, very literally, and has meant so, so much to me. I remember my grandfather um, pulling out this particular VHS, VHS cassette, when I was uh, very, very young. And the moment, the moment that got me more than anything else that meant that I was in, 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 and it's a key moment into why I love James Bond, is that moment when Karina puts the moustache on Roger and he becomes Toro. Toro sounds like a load of bull. And it's the look Roger gives, the look Roger gives that he knows he's going into absolute insane levels of danger, but he's doing it because that's the mission. The stoicism of James Bond right there, the willingness to risk it all, to go to whatever level was needed to win. And I was in love, just totally in love from then. Never mind then, the, the, the opening uh, sequence was just, I still think it's amongst the absolute best in the franchise. Um, John Glenn, goodness gracious me, goodness me, I don't have words to convey how much love and enjoyment I have for his work, but also how much love and respect I have for that man. Uh, what he's done, it's ridiculous. But anyway, Octopussy, everything about it, I totally, totally love. Everyone says, oh, it's really silly, it's really serious. It's deadly serious. Everyone's gonna die. There's a nuke that's gonna set off World War Three. Mexico, damn it, there's a bomb in there! Forget that James Bond is in a clown outfit at one point. Because, and even having said that, he does carry it off unbelievably well. I don't think anyone else could do this. Only Roger Moore could wear a clown outfit and defuse a nuclear bomb. Does that convince you? Unbelievable. Quiet, everyone! Quiet! All the sequences are absolutely outstanding. The music is as, it's like slipping into a silk, I don't know, oody, dry robe, a massive silk dry robe. It's just wonderful. Everything about Octopussy is wonderful. Um, I don't mind the jokes, the cheese, the, 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 the stuff that everyone says is dead cheesy, you know, like, don't care, love it, love everything. You know, I can take or leave, actually, the Tarzan swing. Does it affect my enjoyment? Get off, get out, go away. Of course it doesn't. I think it's just all, all the relevant beats are in place. Everything I love about James Bond is in place. I can't tell you how proud I am to share my birth year with Octopussy. I know that, I've never thought about it in that way, but my word, what a movie, what a franchise. What a day to be alive. <laughs> you can tell, I flipping, flipping love this movie. Um, and yeah, just, I, I, I'm so glad that we can own it on things like Blu-ray now and just have it forever and force it upon however many children I happen to 
happened to that? Oh, peace and love, Octopussy. Honestly, just, it's it's top tier. Somebody that did get my humour was certainly Roger. I mean, I, because I found that I was um, literally, once I'd done the five, ten minute job, you know, so the next day it would be a ten minute job because continuity would come in with Polaroids from the previous day and check to see the turbine looked the same and it kind of had the same kind of shape and whatever. But um, once I was done, I was pretty much there for the day and they were the idea that it might fall off, which it never did. And so what I did was I'd literally sort of sit around Kibir's trailer. Roger's trailer was directly opposite. He'd normally be outside sitting on the step with a cigar. And so I, you know, it would make it my business to go over and talk to him. I, You know, I was a little shy at first. I thought, mm, you know, megastar guy. But I've never been shy at doing these things. And I, I thought to myself, well, I don't want to come across as a fanboy. So I'm not going to go and sort of say, oh, Mr. Moore, you know, I really yeah, love this yeah. Years and years and years, he used to watching The Saint. Yeah, we, we developed a great rapport. He'd always acknowledge me in the mornings. I would acknowledge him. We'd have a chat, we'd, whatever it was. And um, he just had this lovely, self-deprecating sense of humour. Just didn't take himself seriously, uh, which wound the journalists up great because at the time, obviously, Warners were bringing back Sean for yeah, as Bond, yeah. but never say never again. And they would always try to goad him. They were like, Roger, is it a case the public doesn't like your Bond? They're bringing Sean back. And he was like... It was very magnanimous. He said, look, Sean is superb. Uh, and I'd even said to him, Sean was my first Bond and, and yeah. still as Bond, but, you know, you're good too, uh, in a very different way. And he, he sort of said, yeah, well, I try to make my Bond different because we can't all be Sean Connery. And um, and there's a lot of you know, license there that Ian Fleming has given to this character. And I try to exploit different elements of that, that with my personality. And I remember when the journalists, there were some journalists there from Scandinavia and Germany, and I remember one of them was saying this and goading him, and he said, well, actually, you know what, well, there's things that Sean can do I can't, and there's certainly things that I can do that Sean can't. And they were like, go on then, so what is it you can do that Sean can't? And and they were looking for a real tidbit of scandal here. Um, and he said, well, they leaned in, and they leaned in, and he said, watch this. And he did that eyebrow raise. Yeah. Goes, Sean, <laughs> Sean can't do that. <laughs> and they literally just collapsed, and I was pissing myself. I was, sorry, I was, I was, you know, I was yeah, yeah. quite kind of, you know, in, in apoplexy, thinking that's so funny. And they just cut them to the quick. Um, but like I said, a real gentleman, real gentleman. I did get an invite to Roger Moore's sort of? They held a thing at Pinewood Studios, yeah, mm-hmm. in celebration of Roger Moore. And I was very honoured to be invited mm. because Roger had a sort of personal sort of guide that guided him through, and I've done a number of things for him before and yeah i was and I, it was nice to see mm. john glenn and he was always really nice guy and i mm. i have such incredible i i tell one story about roger Moore. later on in octopus see i i was shot down some stairs with a turban on little makeup oh. and, uh, my mother used to teach mentally and physically handicapped children and uh, because having four kids it, it meant that she didn't have to be in school hours and she got a letter from one of the a boy that she taught. And the mother had sent a letter saying, I believe, I believe your son, Andy, is working with Roger Moore. The son is just such a fan of the Bond films. Is there any chance of getting an autograph? A picture, maybe. And I never do this. I really don't. I'm not very good with stars. And I said to Roger, Roger, um, it's difficult. But I, he said, what's the problem? I said, well, I've got a letter here. He said, well, show me the letter. So I showed him the letter. He read the letter. We were breaking for lunch. It was the time when they were tying me up in a chair or whatever. Mm-hmm. He said to me, uh, no, it was a doctor, but he said, uh, you remember those bullets I shot you? In those days, they used to leave the casings, the bullet casings, 
yeah, concept. Yeah. Now you have to care everything, everything, anything to do with weapons. It's so over the top now. So I got some of these cases and I gave them to him. And uh, he said, great, that's great. He said, uh, can I take the letter so I get them in? I said, yeah, of course. So he came back with a lovely, you know, the cardboard envelope with his picture, you know, and, the really, and he, what he'd done is mounted the bullets with 007. He'd scratched somehow, scratched oh. these bullets. And on the little thing, he'd written, these are the bullets that I shot at your teacher's son. <laughs> he fell down the stairs. <laughs> he said, you will get this to him, won't you? And I said, I went on my motorbike. I went down to the all night, you know, uh, down in Leicester Square, there's the all-night post office. And I got it and I did whatever you had to do to make sure that letter mm. got to his mother. Mm. And uh, two days later, I was back on the set and he came up to me and he said, uh, did you send it? Did you get it? And I said, yeah. I've got a letter here on my book. Can I read it? And I said, of course. Of course you can. And I promise you, tears came into his eyes and I still cry a bit. And he folded the letter back and he put it in the envelope and said to me, do you know, Andy, that's worth a week's salary to me. That oh, is my and I just, every time I tell it, and I think, wow, what a guy. Mm. Fortunately, I've experienced other bombs. <laughs> Roger Moore was maybe not in everybody's such a, he talked to everybody on the set. He knew mm -hmm. tea ladies' names. He talked to everybody, flirt with anybody. He was great. I really had. Uh, such respect for that, you know. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Probably my favourite Bond film is Octopussy. It's only because I love animals and I love working <laughs> with animals, and uh, and there was some very funny incidents in it. Um, and Roger Moore couldn't believe it because you know these actors they 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 don't really read the script until the night before they're going to shoot it. You know, they, <laughs> they sort of gloss over it. The sit. Oh, yes. mm. I think it's such a British yeah. thing as well. Oh, I've, managed, I've managed to sort of reconcile that with myself, that he's <laughs> up against a lion and he's doing anything he can to not be eaten. So I'll, mm. I'll try this. And luckily it works. Sit. Barbara Woodhouse, God love her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from a from a training, from a dog training perspective, she was big business on a Sunday night on BBC One, but no, it wasn't sold to different continents. You know, <laughs> Q and uh, you know, yeah, Q. That, that's how it is. Again, it's a bit underrated that in John Glenn, well, three of John Glenn's five, he he comes out into the field to help him more. Yeah, you know, if you think about Fiora's only, he helps him in that. I know he can, in, you know, yeah, to identify to ah. identify um, yeah. Locke, and then obviously he's forgive me, Father, for yeah. what I have sinned. <laughs> yeah. So he, he does get more to do, and he's, again, he's got great chemistry, um, Desmond Llewellyn with Roger Moore. It really, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, really works well. VJ and Sadra yeah. Dean, they're two people you can think, yeah, they they work in India. They work for yeah you know, MI6 in India. That makes sense, and you know they help Bond out as soon as he gets there they're not the biggest roles and even vj isn't in it that much mm. but he does make an impact and an emotional impact and again great chemistry with roger moore and it just makes this film just so amazing vj it was a of course a world-class tennis player <laughs> uh, also had the most wonderful personality and uh was a great friend of ours and he used to teach uh, 
the, the broccoli family in Hollywood. He used to come and teach them some tennis, try to teach them play tennis. <laughs> if you if you saw, saw Cubby, you'd realize he wasn't much of a tennis player. <laughs> 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 but um, he was a friend of the family and um, such a lovely man. And um, you know, I met him there, and um, and we got on great. And we di we didn't give him anything that was that required too much of a strenuous acting. Uh, performance but he was just himself he just played himself and he was great and i remember with the uh, the snake scene he was a snake charmer in the in octopus scene <laughs> and uh, we brought him down to pinewood and uh, we got jimmy chipperfield to come down with all these snakes and we were draping these snakes round uh, round vj armatrage <laughs> on the set he was terrified he hated snakes <laughs> so <laughs> around his neck and uh, uh he was he, he he had to get used to it and uh, um but it just shows you the magic of filmmaking you know within a few minutes he he coped with it he started started talking to the snakes <laughs> <laughs> i was 11 you know i didn't know who vj amitraj was no mm, i wasn't yeah. familiar with him as a tennis player um so the idea that bond <laughs> would go to india and then would be you know would have a connection with an Indian agent there. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Some may see it as retrograde now if they, oh, they've only cast him because he's famous. Mm. But how many Asian faces were you seeing then in the 80s? Back then, then, exactly. It's, it's yeah, exactly. great. And, and I know, okay, he was already, he'd already made it. But just being in India, you know, the setting, that's another thing. Mm. You genuinely know that you're there. One thing that my my mother, I, I God love her, but I, uh, she, I always remember when she said, and of course they they the souffles turned up, yeah. and they, they start the souffle, and then of course uh, it's taken away, and 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 she said they only had one spoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's such it's a short meal. Mortified. <laughs> I wish that scene was longer. I wish I, I, I wish there was a bit mm. more. I don't know. Again, it's pacing, isn't it, and everything. But mm, exactly, it, it yeah. does feel lovely and quiet and ridiculous set for such a small scene. It's incredible. <laughs> isn't it? Ah, uh, one of our specialities: stuffed sheep's head. It's odd, but when I'm stared at, I seem to lose my appetite. And in this, you get him in the black tux and the white tux. Yeah. Got yeah, everything. Yeah. The whole range. It's funny because you're talking about the meal, and that is what's on the screen. Commentary. <laughs> uh, uh, on the DVD. <laughs> I've got hungry all of a sudden. I wonder that's probably yeah. what. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you want to mention Jim Fanny, anyone, he's another ally, isn't he? Ah, yeah. uh, yes. The, uh, the, uh, the Lowbridge Ellis love child. Yes. Quite right. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the reason, <laughs> you know. And it's, again... Uh, and you you have to take your hat off to David in that respect. Jim Fanny was just another character, you know, helping him out along the way, etc. You hadn't really. I don't think we'd had another character like that. I'm just trying to think. No, no. In an office, in an M office scene, you'd never had an additional character. You know, the armorer was called in in, in uh, yeah uh, in Doctor No. This president art expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny that, <laughs> and of course the interplay between the two of them is oh. lovely. Uh, particularly when when he realizes that he's actually bidding for the egg. Mm -hmm. Yeah, does yeah. <gasps> that double take? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> that shot, yeah. isn't it? That zooms out and yeah, it's kind of... and 
but then after that, we don't see him again. We don't need to hear from him. No, 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 no. that's it. He served his purpose. Yeah, he's probably uh, he probably resigns from the service after that from sheer shock. <laughs> the pass that Roger does with the egg. Mm. Oh, I think just a touch quick, but nevertheless, yeah. he takes it. Jim, yeah, Jim's already going. Oh my god, no! And he picks it up. And he ha- uh, Jim, no, no. <laughs> And then he just passes it and brings it back up again. Like there's no yeah. pause to drop one oh. and pick the other one up or anything of that nature. But it's uh, all in one motion, drops it back. Mm. It's uh, it's a it's a lovely moment, a good scene. That I must admit. Yeah. And again, you hadn't you hadn't one. heard anything until until many mm. many years later, and all of a sudden there's Jim Fanning Day. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. Did that come from? <laughs> of all the characters, people are typing Jim. Fa- oh him. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Ah. I'm so gutted that he isn't alive, you know, because he would have, mm. I'm sure he would have really appreciated All lives, I reckon. He'd have loved it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I don't think any of the actors uh, who played Bond could have done the scene with the egg quite as well as Roger. No, Just, no, no, no not yeah. so. The, the slight expressions of the face, the subtlety of the performance yeah. and the, the movement, that he just mm-hmm. brings it all together. And and his his obviously cheeky humour, you can just see the yeah. twinkle in his eye. It's, it's <laughs> absolutely delightful. Oh, there is. Yeah, there is. <laughs> <laughs> the Fabergé egg. While we while we're on it, does anyone has anyone ever tried to understand it? Does anyone care? It's the it's the MacGuffin, isn't it? Yes, mm. yeah. The, uh, the, <laughs> the, the thing that's thrown into the movie just to confuse you, mess you up. Uh, but it has to be there because we filmed this scene. Yeah, and we need this, and that's got to happen, and then etc. So it's the all a bit foot. Yeah. elaborate. I, mean, I suppose it's linked because of the jewelry, isn't it? Selling. Yep. priceless jewelry to fund. Aren't they stealing? R- 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 someone's stealing dr- jewelry out of Russia, isn't he? Out of the Kremlin yeah. or something? And yeah, taking the real stuff and then replacing it with the fake stuff later yeah. on down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's you know, in the end, that it, it whatever it is, it leads to all off getting a exactly. It a goes on to nuclear yeah. bomb or you know. So oh, well, Gogol's in it. He's another ally. So well, he is an ally, really, by now because he. He's the reasonable person in Russia, isn't he? Mm. You know, right from the start, he's the one who completely sets all off straight. Yeah. And then he's almost in the background, a bit like the Holy Grail. He's sort of trying to catch up with all of by the end in a long coat, isn't he? Yeah. I the first scene we see Gobel in, but he's in a phenomenal set. Yes. Uh, yeah, it is. Wonderful huge. set. Yeah. And uh, it was one that I was reminded of because obviously I saw the scene a few, well, half an hour ago. Yeah. And it, that set, it's just one of those sets that that is phenomenal, and yet yeah. don't really think about it because it's there for a bit and it's gone. But when you actually stop, <laughs> yeah, Bond's yeah. not even in it. Yeah. It's incredible. It's huge, yeah. and it just has that kind of real style about it. It's fabulous. The and, set, and, the and design, the look. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, General Gogol is presumptuous. He speaks for himself and others who cling to timid outdated and unrealistic policies. Must I remind you, the committee, of our overwhelming superiority over NATO forces before we give it away? We, we were talking about CGI, CG earlier, and of course, all those video graphics that are on there have to be programmed for real. Yeah. 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 
you know so nowadays that whole graphic sequence everything in that scene would have would have been you know oh you'd yeah. expect to see x y and z then presumably right section uh, you got to type in some oh. sort of instruction to create a red sea appearing here oh. and that's yeah that way and then a line of tanks has got to appear down oh, here yeah really complicated but it just beautifully flows from one to the other yeah. lovely so effective yeah. isn't it for oh, kids true. like look, that's red they're the buddies that's invading europe that's yeah. terrible yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. The start, it's, it's a sort of elaborate version of the start of dad's army isn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, who do you think you're kidding mr all <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> obviously burkov is a bit too silly for dad's army isn't it He's a bit over the top <laughs> don't tell him your name burkov <laughs> the score is never ever mentioned as one of the best barry scores i've never heard it mentioned gorgeous as well. but I think it's generally well received, mm. but the song is generally regarded as one of the very worst. The song is forgettable, and I wonder if that plays into this film being yeah, forgotten. yeah, yeah. I was just about all to say the, the same thing. To all the other yeah. Roger Moore films, except maybe Moonraker, but they've got, but yeah. you know what I mean? They've got yeah. songs you will hear on radio stations. Yes, yeah. And general public, not we know it all, but general public. Will probably know most of those songs if you played it to you played a few to a kill to them or you played nobody does it better man with the golden gun they'd go oh yeah i've yeah. Heard, heard that i know that but if you played them the theme <laughs> rock, there's no hope that the yeah <laughs> no that it's not cool right. and, and, they, and they wouldn't know who sung it she's no, not, no, no, no. She's not fit. so those two things you know just make it <laughs> that was a major factor for tim rice almost turning the whole thing down he said I'm not writing a song that's called Octopus. Yeah, you yeah. Know, from a writer's perspective, it's bloody yeah. complicated to scan anything with it for a start off, particularly if you're looking at, at some sort of lyric shaping and getting to a point. Yeah, yeah. So, it's more difficult yeah. than Thunderball, isn't it? Even. Yeah, so he's had to come up with a new, you know, a new idea. Yeah. And um, all right, all time high makes a great deal of sense. You look at it now, <laughs> Bond's all time high, perfect. You know, it looks lovely. Yeah. The song itself needed a, a bit more, and all, and again. You know, you you've got that type of of song given to a really very good vocalist, Rita Coolidge, who doesn't mm. do an awful lot with it. To be honest with it. So, yeah, you, you could you could give the song to uh, to I don't know a Shirley Bassey type character and go sing the hell out of that, would you, Shirley? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Five different versions of it, you know. Whereas Rita Coolidge is going to sing it like Rita Coolidge. You know, yeah. listen to if you if you ever. Uh, uh, explore Rita Coolidge's back, uh, <laughs> uh, back uh, catalogue. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every explore, you'll note that there's not a great deal of <laughs> in her vocal of any kind, and so that that is a, a very interesting choice. And I suspect that it's got to do with the label. Similarly, with the license to kill thing, uh, the label was very specific yeah. in connection with the artist and those artists that. That was yeah. the first yeah. time we, we had a, um, um, uh, you know, various artists soundtrack. Yeah. There were other it tracks connect exactly, and I think this was MCA as well, or or, or A and M Records, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And Rita Coolidge was signed to those, so maybe it was very specific that she needs to to be responsible for this. Yeah. Movie. Musically, it's gorgeous. The, yeah, John it Barry is. does a lovely score. The 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 music that's happening while Bond is doing that sneaky Bond thing all around. With the the listening to what's going yeah. on in the conversation, mm -hmm. yeah, and that yeah, yeah, out the thing, just magnificent. The 
gorgeous snare drum rolls and it's really lovely with um pulsating you know stabs of of strings are just fantastic and, yeah. and it is it's always it's nobody ever says you oh, know that's what a what a soundtrack you know living daylights yeah. is, is up there and um and uh, scores of that nature but i reckon that that's really very very good indeed chris is all-time high does it have any chance of becoming like a man with the golden gun in your in your eyes i don't know you know, sort no, of uh, no. one that people don't seem to like, but you have you've got a candle to it. You hold a candle. I, I, it has it has grown on me. I think because I, I do like a, an underdog, and this certainly is. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's like you say, it's just it's just it's 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 a nice. <laughs> that's that's probably the nicest thing to say about it. It's just it's quite not you know it's not very memorable um and it doesn't really do anything and that's the problem i also i think that's the problem because no one really talks about john barry's score as much because barry's strength is interweaving the theme song yeah. into the score and he, he doesn't ha he hasn't got anything to work with so it's all just him really doing what he does best in terms of like say the the the, the creating drama and tension and an excitement but you don't get like you know something like you know a view to a, a view to a kill or a, a really you know living daylights where he's pulling yeah. all these these yeah, motifs yeah. and putting it all together and, and that what that's what makes it so memorable uh but yeah all time high it's 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 i don't think it's a terrible song i think it's just a nice song um and it's yeah it, and it's a shame because it, it like maybe it is part of that like you're saying that, that part of the marketing the the song didn't hit and therefore it just makes it somehow made the film kind of not forgettable but didn't quite capture everyone's imagination because like i say when you hear nobody does it better you think oh you can see roger moore skiing off a mountain you know it's yeah. just it's so indelible and yet years later it was it was you know sung by mark Wahlberg in um <laughs> yes he was yeah in in Ted, yeah, all time Ted. high was, yeah. But yeah. he was booed off stage, wasn't he? Booed off stage, uh, yeah, yeah, and pelted, and rightly so. Yeah. yeah, nothing against the song. No, 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 no. Just like <laughs> his performance. Yeah, um, yeah it, it hasn't had that extension, a second life. You know, it hasn't had that. Oh, no. do you yeah. I'd, I'd be surprised. Hill. <laughs> I'd be surprised if it did because it is so sort of just middle of the road, mm. and you know, it's not offensive. Adult and, contemporary. And yeah, you know when when John Barry does use it in the score, it it does sound it does sound oh. good and 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 you know and nice and everything. But again, it's not it's not quite as memorable. And you know, yeah. they're not like one and this. You know, I don't. Know. There's no hook. There's no, there's nothing that you. It's not. It just doesn't grab you. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's just nice. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's perfect for the the Magda scene and the mm. octopus. It's a beautiful theme. The way Barry sort of scores and orchestrates it is beautiful. You can hear loads of our other episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and our YouTube channel, where we have interviews, special episodes, and reviews of all the Bond films. Including Octopussy in nauseating detail. Simply search Really 007 Pod, and you should find loads of weird and wonderful content. The legacy of Octopussy. Forty years on, um, I do think I do think its uh, reputation is is better than it than it was. I think it is. I think that I think people as people go back, 
we will be going, and we currently are in a bit of a drought when it comes to Bond films, <laughs> that, that people are going to go back and revisit them all. And I do think that, that as, as as people are doing that, that they're going to go and come across something like Octopussy where, like say, it, it just it doesn't grab the headlines as much as the others because it doesn't have those... You know, like Steve was saying, you go through, you know, all of Roger's films. There's something that really stands out about them. Just Octopussy is just a very, very good film and incredibly well put together. It doesn't have that, you know, um, like I say, it, it, it just, it, it's a strange one. Why I just don't know why it hasn't landed. And I'm going to put that firmly at um, uh, Rita Coolidge's door. Thanks, Rita. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think his reputation has. Uh, I've seen, you know, speaking to to, to people and, and obviously looking on social media, the way that people talk about Octopussy, how it, it gains, you know, the people revisiting it, just seeing it for, for what it is, which is a great, you know, a great thriller with uh, amazing stunts, you know, a fantastic cast, a great score, you know, it has so much going for it. Uh, and it's nice to see people kind of giving it some time because, like I say, some people just sort of, oh, well, I'll just put, you know, the spy love me on again. And for people to actually go back and, and in the same way, I'd say that, that both that and For Your Eyes Only are the two that I've seen kind of grow the love for those two films recently. Yeah. And, may, and, and to a certain extent, you know, like License to Kill. Those have really seen a resurgence mm. in terms of people reevaluating it and going, actually, there's a lot here to 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 enjoy and people who are fans of you know Daniel Craig's films going back and seeing kind of maybe elements that have been lifted for for, for, for that are in those films you know that 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 kind of more hard edged you know um, kind of scenes and, and and moments with Bond I I just think it's a it's a great film I can't rank it, I recommend it enough and I, I'm so mm-hmm. glad that um, we get an opportunity to talk about it and you know 40 years on and you know all hail you know John Glenn. Yes, forty <laughs> years, and in forty years, the 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 uh, the leaps and bounds that they've made in technology and all sorts. And these two movies, I, I understand what you're saying there, Steve, but these two movies for me really still stand up. Yeah. You know, Octopussy particularly stands up, um, uh, it, and the transition from you know the the v, the original version, the VHS version, the DVD version to Blu-ray that people now watch it on now. Mm-hmm. The quality is just yeah, spectacular. Yeah. It is like a new movie when you watch it for the yeah. first time on Blu-ray. When we saw it for the first time in 4K, you go, "Oh, this is the same film. This is unbelievable." <laughs> Clarity looks magnificent, sounds terrific, and Octopus is a really great example of Roger doing a terrific job, really well directed. Not badly written. It's a bit complicated in places, but you know the actions on top note, and all these sensational locations all over the world, India, you know, places that we hadn't maybe not mm. not seen in such detail before. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a uh, if it's it's very rarely. I mean, I, I don't have you may know I don't have a TV because if I sat in front of a TV, I would watch TV a lot. <laughs> so I don't have one. So I'm very selective about what I watch. But if there is a Bond on. Uh, then I'll go and find the channel on the laptop, and I'll I'll yep. watch an octopusy certainly if it's on. So it's always one of those that go, yep, I know exactly what I'm going to get here, and uh, you'll just sit back, relax, and let it let it take you for that ride, and uh, it works for me. That's the irony because I think for some reason octopusy is forgotten quite a lot by the general public, but it's also perhaps the most bank holiday Bond film there is. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and it's and it's one that if it was on, you know, that you Moonraker, Goldfinger. These are the ones where, right, let's get the whole family sat down. They're all going to enjoy it. Mm. We're going to have a laugh. We're going to be really entertained. 
there is real escapism in Octopussy. But it did, it did, it did well. It's just we need to keep batting for Octopussy. <laughs> well, to people who aren't Bond fans, particularly. Just right. seen um, where I'm up to. VJ's just been killed, and, and oh. that reminds me that you forget how dark this film is in place. Dark, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's got so much humour, you forget actually this is really quite dark. And and it also reminds me of what John Glenn said about like he he likes to write a character in or have a character written in who will be a friend of Bond's and then gets killed. You can <laughs> yeah, yeah. We get VJ here and then he's Yeah. Ah, well, which goes back to the point we were making earlier, which is why there we are. That's you've just answered that point. So the the uh, the reason that Magda carries on so long is we don't need her to be the sacrificial yeah. lamb here. No. Because yeah. VJ is the sacrificial VJ's lamb later on, so yeah, so she can she can run in parallel with uh, with Octopussy later on. Yeah, the, the, and that's the 009. We always have to mention that's that. That's for 009. Yeah. And this for my brother. That's for 009. That is Roger doing what people, the, again, the casual observer, don't really remember those sort of scenes. And it's a few eyes only, and Octopussy, like we say, uh, seem to be forgotten a bit by the general public. He's human. You know, you, the character, he's a human character. Roger plays him as a human. Roger was a lovely man. He was so funny. The times that uh, he would take time out to make a gag. I remember one time we were doing an octopusy and he was climbing from the balcony in the Indian palace and he was going into octopus's room, but he had to climb over. It was about 12 feet off the ground and he had to step over this and there was a gap between the two uh, balconies. And I said to John Glenn, wouldn't it be great as, as he's stepping over, um, we could have some bird pigeons go up in front of, in, uh, in front of the camera. It's a low angle camera. And we could have some pigeons go out, but it frightened the audience and it, you know, frightened the uh, <laughs> Roger. So <laughs> he said, yeah, OK, you're the pigeon wrangler. I said, oh, thanks. <laughs> so I said that in the morning, I said to the prop department, can you get me half a dozen or a dozen pigeons? And they said, yeah, like was it was going out for a bottle of milk. <laughs> Where would you get a dozen pigeons? Uh, so anyway, in the afternoon, we <clears throat> all set it all up. I'm standing on a box under the camera, looking up, because the, the, the balcony was up there. So I said, pigeon, they put one pigeon under one arm, pigeon under the other arm, one arm, uh, one this side, one that side. So I'm standing on the box, ready to go. Roger starts to walk across, turn over, action, and Roger says, hold it, hold it, I can't, I can't, I've got to go to the loo. So he gets down, goes all the way over to the, wherever he's going, Came back, it was about five, eight minutes. So, it, okay, so I put the pigeons back. Now I've got to get them out. Pigeon, 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 pigeon. Standing on the box, ready to go. The camera's just above my head. And action, and he starts to crawl across. And as he steps across, I let the pigeons go. Woof, up they go. All the feathers come flying down. And an egg. <laughs> Hit me on the head. <laughs> swim down my face. Roger was in hysterics, as the crew was. He'd gone all the way over to the canteen to get a, 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 a fresh egg so he could drop it on my head. That was, 
That was Roger. He would, any gag he, he could do. Just to say it's absolutely fabulous. Can't believe it's 40 years old. As Chris said, there is a timeless feel to it. Um, I think I find John Glenn's films in general seem to be a bit more timeless partly because of the stunts, I think, and the, the, the look the look of the film and the John Barry element adds a timeless um, element to it. I think Roger's never better than he is in this film. He's got the best matchup in terms of a, a female um, lead. There's some cracking stunts, slightly confusing story, but some real moments of high tension. The the disarming of the bomb we haven't really talked about that but it's a cracking moment in the in the whole series Re- so much tension um, juxtaposed with it being in a circus with Bond dressed as a clown but you know how serious it is and you know normally it's ever so slightly different normally when Bond's diffuse but when Bond is diffusing a bomb he stops it and the countdown you know stops this uh, the, bomb, the, the 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 thing does yeah. go off but he's removed yeah. it from the uh, from the rest well, of the so it's 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 a stunning moment it was when we did the circus scene roger said to me you can't be serious john that i'm going to be playing a clown can you (laughs) james bond playing a clown (laughs) (laughs) i said roger it's the most perfect disguise you know he goes into this caravan and he comes out with the with the um uh with the right face on you know and then he goes, of course, then you have to get him to meet the person he's, he's impersonating, don't you? Yeah. You have to come back. There's another laugh. No? Yeah. General, there's a bomb in that cannon. Sure, where else would a bomb be? <laughs> Great cloud, then. I'm totally serious. I'm a British agent. What? For God's sake, tell him who I am. Kamal and Orloff double-crossed you. I saw them take the jewelry off the train. Does that convince you? Sir, that bomb is set to explode at 3.45. That's 90 seconds from now. General, this man's either drunk or crazy. Him being a clown, it, you, you read on in some reviews, oh, it's a bit silly where he's a clown. No, it's not silly at all. I mean, that, that happens for a very good reason. The only thing I'd say is he gets his clown face on very quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the main problem. Yeah. But that's part of spy training. They probably do. Yeah, all. they do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But that scene, I think, to me, is brilliant. The tension in it, the excitement. The way you see the desperation on his face as he's yep. trying to get the yeah. bomb and people don't believe who he is. And yep. the gorilla bit is a bit silly on the train. <laughs> um, it's okay, fine. It is what it is, but it's a throwaway, isn't it? an absolutely brilliant film and we watched it the other night me and chris i i just i just love it so much i could put it on any day of the week and thoroughly enjoy it and i just can't get enough of it this film has got so much going for it it is so crisp but to use a phrase that i've adopted yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank um, you steve uh, and it's 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 a beautiful i'm just watching now obviously no sound on it and, and it's just a spectacle every scene it goes to whether it's the set the location um the the stunts it is spectacle and and just flows so beautifully from mm. one scene to another it's it is terrific bond and uh, it you know it, it is pushing it for for one of my favorite roger moores i always forget mm. how much i love it until i'm mm. on yeah 
That's because great. Rita Coolidge sang the song, so I forget it exists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Octopussy was one of those later on. It was an Easter bank holiday picture. You know, that was that was the big thing on the TV. And it was a, those occasion movies. There aren't those event movies that happen no. on television because television changed dramatically, uh, yeah. um, you know, the, the, in the 90s. So the excitement of going, oh, my God, that that movie is going to be on the TV. I'm going to get a chance to watch it and record it, you know, yeah, and then watch yeah, it again yeah. whenever I wanted to. They were massively important days for people of, of a certain age, and uh, I think they're terrific. I, I, I love the uh, the Roger pictures enormously, but Octopus is a belter. I would say children love this film. Grannies love it. Everybody <laughs> I, I've ever watched it with has laughed along, been enthralled. And, yeah, I hope we get to see it on a big screen again because that was a real moment last year. That was a very, very, very... Phil felt very blessed and honoured to, mm. to watch it with your, your heart and your mouth for those final scenes on the plane. It was just... I kept looking around at everyone like, can you see this, guys? <laughs> yeah. Just absolutely stunning. I'm not sure we'll ever see that collection of films on the big screen again in that in that context. You know, that was a very special occasion, I thought, yeah. last year mm. to, do, to do all of that. And when you did see it on the big screen in that quality, it did make a difference. Octopussy was certainly one of those that stood out enormously. Yeah. Looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.